Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I want to talk about relationships because... When we talked about uh, repentance and the, the impact or the effects of sin, the enemy would love for us to live in a place of guilt and shame and unforgiveness and brokenness and woundedness and anger and hatred and all of those kinds of things. But that's, that's not God's plan for us. And, and as I, I think I shared last week, repentance can lead us to restoration and so when we think about the salvation prayer, Lord, we're asking, will you forgive me for my sins? And maybe, maybe through this series, uh, God is revealing to you some restoration that needs to happen in some of your relationships. So anyway, today I want to talk about relationships. And, you know, sometimes when I when I have these three points in the message, they're a little difficult for me to remember too. But the three points today are going to be really easy for you to remember because they're the first, the points are the first three letters of the word relationship. So you'll be able to, re to remember them this week. But God created us to be in relationship with him. That was his primary purpose. And if you think about it, God created you and me and, and the earth and the trees, armadillos, mountains, trees. He created all of those things. And in James 1.18, the word says that of all of God's creation, we are his prized possession. And I think it's important to, to understand that, that God really does love us. And there's a whole world of people that need to know that. So he's given us dominion over his earthly creation. Let's go, well, in the old, old days they would say, open your Bibles and turn to. So now we say, open up your device and scroll to, or go to version or, or wherever you go to find your scriptures. And let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So we are not God, but we can have his character, love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, Kindness, gentleness, those kinds of things. So we can reflect the character of God. Verse 26 continues. They will reign, speaking of human beings, of course, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. So if you believe the Bible, it's clear that we didn't evolve from an amoeba or from an ape. God created us. In this one verse, he says three times that we were created. And while we're here, he created male and female. There's no ambiguity there. All right? Uh, he, he created us so that we would have a partner, that we could procreate. A male and a male cannot procreate. A female and a female cannot procreate. So God created us specifically, and so there's no ambiguity in that. Um, let's read on here. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, for the earth, fill the earth and govern it. 
rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. He has entrusted us with a lot of his creation. Imagine that you have a, a, an expensive piece of artwork, and you need somebody to kind of take care of it for a while. You would probably not entrust that to somebody that you don't know. You would entrust something of value to you to somebody that you have a relationship with that you trust. How do you know you can trust somebody? Because you have a history with them and, and you've seen their character. You know that they're trustworthy. And, and so when we look at these scriptures, we, we should realize that God has entrusted a lot to us. He's given us dominion and power and authority. And one of the things that... that uh, that is important here at Life Fellowship are the life groups. And I'm so proud of you. Most of you are involved in a life group. And so when we go to these life groups, we're growing in our relationship with the Lord and we're growing in our relationship with one another and uh, we're becoming vulnerable in a safe place. It's hard to have a, a deep relationship if everything is surface. Well, I, I really don't feel comfortable or, or not safe sharing um, my, my innermost thoughts and, and being, uh, you know, with, with someone else. And, and so we have the opportunity to invest in, in other people's lives, and they invest in our lives. And, and, you know, the Lord wants to share his heart with us. But let me, let me ask you to close your eyes for a moment. I want to ask you a couple of questions, and I, I want you to ponder these questions. How would you define your relationship with the Lord? Let's take a couple of seconds and evaluate that. How would you define your relationship with the Lord? Well, the second question is, would you consider your relationship with him to be more of an acquaintance or having a personal relationship? Okay, you can open your eyes now. I think I missed my first point a while ago. My first point is keep it real. Are we keeping it real with the Lord Do we have an authentic relationship with him? My second point is engaging. Are we engaging with him? And when we come here, I, I love that you guys are engaged in worship. You're not here for entertainment. You're here to engage with him. And that's so wonderful. I, I love that, that you guys do that. And uh, I, I love you guys so much. I, I know I tell you that, but I really do. I really, really love you because, love, see, love is the basis, is the foundation for relationships. And sometimes we pray this prayer. In fact, let's pray this prayer this morning. I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I ask you to help me love other people like you love them and you love me. And I think God really honors that prayer. I know I've been praying that prayer. And uh, God has done something in my heart. Because, you know, in the past, I love, I love Mark a lot. <laughs> but other people, not so much. And so love is the basis for this relationship. And I... And, and I encourage us to pray that prayer every once in a while, just as kind of a check to come back and say, Lord, help me to love them. And when we're in a situation where maybe we're dealing with some conflict or a difficult person, 
that God would open our eyes to see that person for who they are. Maybe they're really hurt. Maybe they're really wounded. Maybe they're lashing out at you because you're a safe person. They know that they can act out, act a jerk, and you will still love them. What an honor we have to, to be the light and, and, and the hope of Christ in a lost and dying world where people don't know love unless they perform. So let's talk about engaging. Many of the Pharisees, uh, Jesus called them actors or hypocrites, fakes. And God is never looking for a, a fake relationship. He's looking for authenticity and transparency and honesty with him. Let's go to Matthew chapter 23. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 15. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, verse 2, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are official interpreters of the law of Moses. So they... They had memorized books of the Bible. They knew the law. They knew the scripture. Of course, the Old Testament wasn't written until Jesus lived and was crucified, uh, paying for all of our sins, rose on the third day, and, and seated with, with, uh, at the right hand of God. And so the Pharisees and religious leaders were supposed to help people find God and maintain that relationship with God. So let's look at 23.3. So practice, Jesus is saying, practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. I don't think the Pharisees and the religious leaders, when they would go out, I don't think they would live it. Live it. <laughs> hey, you're on it, baby. Uh, so he was saying, you know, they know the law. They have it memorized, but the intent of the law is not in their heart. They, they have all the rituals down. They have all the religion down. But God was ne has never been about rituals and, and religion. He's always been about relationship. And, and so Jesus is getting on the Pharisees and the religious leaders in, in Matthew chapter 23 because they miss the heart of God. Let's read on. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. Verse 4, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. That's, the religious leaders were the ones to interpret the word of God for people. And so if they were harsh and if they were putting unbearable demands upon people, what are people going to think? Oh, well, that, that must be God's heart, too, because they're representing him. And that's never been God's heart. He goes on to say in verse 5, everything they do is for show. They were driven by impressing men rather than God. And I think that many times the things that we do to please God or to impress God are, are not impressive to men. You, you, you pray? You pray for like 30 minutes? Are you kidding me? Why would you do that? You take time to fast and seek the Lord? Why would you do that? You spend time in praise and worship? You, you go to church? Why would you do that? Those are not impressive to men. But what impresses God is our heart toward Him. Verse 5 continues. 
He's talking about the Pharisees and the religious leaders still. He says, on their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. And they wear robes with extra long tassels. Okay, so prayer boxes were boxes that they would wear on the wrist or on their forehead that had scriptures within them. And I can only imagine how this thing turned out. Brad shows up with a prayer box on his wrist. And then Jimmy says, hey, you know, look at mine. Mine's bigger. And then uh, Brad shows up the next week, and he's got this big box on his head full of scriptures. You know, we, we do those kinds of things, right, to try to impress man. Well, my box is bigger than your box. Well, what about your heart? <laughs> what about your heart toward God? It's not about these external things. It's about this authentic relationship with the Lord. So let's skip down to uh, Matthew 23, 13 through 15. Jesus is still talking about the religious leaders here. And he says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? What sorrow I feel toward you because you are missing it. You have the word, you know the scripture, but you've missed the heart and the intent. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? And he calls them hypocrites. I'm sure they didn't take that very well. <laughs> Do you know who I am, Jesus, a carpenter? I'm a religious leader. Look at me. You should honor me. You know, and he's calling him, look, you're, you're fake. You're actors. You don't have the heart of God. Have you ever been in a play and you acted a part? I was in a play one time and I, I was Charlie Brown. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that was in line with my, part, my of who I am. But anyway, so when I got off the stage, I wasn't Charlie Brown. And so Jesus is saying, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Let's read on. For you shut, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter in either. Because of their hearts, their hardened hearts. And so they were hindering, they were prohibiting others from entering in to the thing that God had called them to do, to open the door so that people could come into this relationship with Him. But they wouldn't go in. And they were placing so many burdens on the people that they couldn't go in. Oh gosh, I've got to jump through these hoops. I've got to keep all these laws. I've got to... I'll never be good enough. Yeah, that's true. You'll never be good enough except for the blood of Christ. But they were hindering. They were blocking God's people from coming into his presence. That was one of the main things that they were supposed to do. Some, ver some versions of the Bible also include this scripture in verse 14. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites again? <laughs> You shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, you will be severely punished. The word says that we need to take care of widows and orphans. And yet they're stealing their property and then going around and acting all religious with their long robes. I can imagine that, you know, they, the, the word says they had long tassels Somebody started off with a three-inch tassel, and then somebody said, well, I'm, I'm going to have a six-inch tassel. Well, look, mine is 18 inches. Well, look, you know, I mean, that's how their hearts were. Their hearts were to impress men 
And maybe there were some, there were probably some that had a heart for God. But in general, uh, you know, Jesus is addressing these and he's saying, you're not representing, you're not representing God correctly. Verse 15, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, again. For you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell that you yourselves are. Because you bind them up. Jesus came to set the captives free, and the religious leaders were binding people up. Listen, we don't need somebody else to bind us up. We can bind ourselves up pretty easily, right? So we're talking about relationship today. At this point, we're talking about engagement. The people that God had entrusted to engage with Him and lead others by example were missing it totally. So Jesus is ripping them up. And I encourage you to go back and read, read Matthew 23. <laughs> There's even more that He tells them. And, and while we're here... Uh, you know, some people have, have said, well, tithing is Old Testament. And so, therefore, we no longer tithe. And we know that, uh, we, we know that the first of our 10% of our increase belongs to the Lord. We return it to Him. He gives us everything, and we return 10% back to Him. But if you think that tithing is only Old Testament, go back and, and read Matthew 23, 23. He's talking to the Pharisees. He says, you're so particular about tithing oh just the right amount oh i don't want to give too much but i want to make sure i give enough and jesus is telling them that they should tithe but don't neglect the weightier things the more important things justice mercy and faith yes tithe but don't forget these things see tithing is a basic fundamental thing and and really if you think about it tithing is not about money it's about our heart Forgiveness is, not a, is about our heart. It's a heart issue. And so yielding to the Lord is about our heart. And so Jesus was trying to get to them. It's interesting that he even brought up tithing, but there's, there's heartstrings that we have tied to our money, to our, our wallet. But it's really a, a matter of the heart. And, and so Jesus was addressing these things with the religious leaders because he wanted them to have an understanding of what this thing was all about. Jesus deeply cares for people. He's not okay with religious leaders harming or taking advantage of other people under their, car, under their care. And that's why this role, any, any role that we have in leadership in the church is important because we have been given this position by God and we are responsible for handling that position well. And I am so honored that God has chosen us to lead this church it's an honor but it's also a responsibility and we all have that responsibility on some level to lead our families and and we all should have a ministry if you work out in the workplace you go to school you have opportunity to share the hope and the love of christ and be an example and a model so my first point is keep it real my second point is keep it engaging my third point is keep it loving Again, love is the basis for the foundation, this godly foundation. And let's go to John 14, 21. 
Though Jesus talking, still here, he says, those who accept my commands and, okay, but let's stop here. Those that accept my commands, this word accept means to have or to possess. So do we know what God is asking, asking of us? And are we willing to live this thing out? Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. And again, it's not a, a, a ritualistic, legalistic, religious thing. It's a relational thing. He goes on to say in verse 21, And because they love me, my Father will love them. Again, we see the relationship. The people that my wife love, I love them out of love for her. He goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say in verse 21, And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. The Lord desires to reveal his heart to us. He's not trying to keep things from us. But there's, there's a depth of relationship that opens the door for sharing. You know, I could tell my wife something like, I love your, your dark brown eyes. I know I joke with you and say you really don't have any pupils. I know you do. <laughs> but I love your dark brown eyes. I love your compassion and your heart toward people. I love your heart of service. I love how God has gifted you with the gift of teaching, and you, you teach. You love to teach. I'm appreciative that you put up with me. <laughs> you know, so we, we have the opportunity to invest in lives and share the hope and, and encouragement with people. People need some hope today. I saw a bumper sticker got me thinking about a, a sermon. And, it, and the bumper sticker said, I hope I don't always feel this way. Wow. So I want to, in, in closing, I want to I share four words that the Lord has given us over the past few years. Because, you know, it says here, Jesus said, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. He's talking about his children. He's talking about the people he has a relationship with. And these words that we've received from the Lord are, are instructional, and they are uh, informational. And I've shared these with you, but I, I want to I go back and touch on these because we're talking about relationship. We're talking about an authentic relationship with the Lord. We're talking about hearing from the Lord, not just because he can speak to us, but because he desires to speak to us. And so January 5th in 2019, while we were in a 21-day fast, the Lord said, we're in a reset. And now, if, if, for those of you that were here, you remember during that time, the landlord had gone up on a rent 60%. We, I was trying to figure out where we we're going to meet, what we we're going to do. And the Rubikis have graciously op opened up their home here for us to meet here. 
But the, the other thing was is that 11 months later, uh, COVID was going to hit. And the interesting thing, too, is that after the Lord gave us this word in January of 2019, I heard other pastors and teachers talking about reset. And I was thinking, Lord, you, you shared your heart with us on that 11 months ago. Because I think he knows that he can trust us with this word that maybe even maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just because I want to tell you. Because I, I want to I share a little bit of my heart with you. You're in a reset. Little did we know that the whole world was going to be in a reset. And I can't speak to who the Lord was sharing that with, but he shared it with us. And then in, in May of May 13, 2020, the Lord gave me another word for us. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. He didn't say the world was coming to an end. He said the world as we know it will soon come to an end. He's giving us information. He's sharing his heart with us. And this was like 12 days before the death of George Floyd. There was something that shifted when that incident happened. And the Lord said, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. And I think we can look back and see that the world as we once knew it has come to an end. And I don't know that it will ever go back and be the same as it was. And so again, the Lord is giving us information. And also, He led us to the 13 acres that we have. That's a shift for us. And so, the Lord is wanting to, to speak to our hearts. And there, there are personal words that, that the Lord has given you, maybe, or, or that He wants to give you. There have been personal words that the Lord has given me. Sometimes about my own life. Sometimes about your life. To help me. To lead and feed and guide well. Then in, uh, in May of, of 20, May 22nd, 2021, last year the Lord said, prepare. <laughs> and you, I've told you the story. The Holy Spirit likes to be active at 3 to 4 in the morning. And so I'm laying there in bed and the Holy Spirit wakes me up. Says, I have a word for you. So I get up, go to my office, turn on the light, sit down in the chair in my underwear. Maybe that's TMI. <laughs> and I get out a pen and paper, and the Holy Spirit says, Prepare. Okay, Lord, prepare. I got it. Lord, go back to bed. I'm like, what? Come on, man. I know there's a second part to this. And he says, go back to bed. I'll reveal more to you later. So I go back to bed, and I shared that with you guys. And I said, listen, I don't know the fullness of what this means, but God has been speaking to us. And if he says, prepare, 
then we need to prepare. We need to say, Lord, what does that mean for me and my household? And then, again, uh, in January, January 23rd and 24th of this year, a day after we finish our 21-day fast, I'm laying in bed. Holy Spirit wakes me up and says, I have a word for you. And I have a phrase that I don't really recommend you do. It's called lay and pray. <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> you're, you, you know, the Lord's speaking to you, and you're like, I'll just lay here and pray, Lord. The next thing you know, it's three or four hours later. <laughs> the praying part has ceased. The sleeping part has taken over. And so I was laying there, and, I, and, I, and, and so this is what the Lord said to me. Are you prepared for my return? And that, that's a pretty heavy question. And so that probably helped facilitate my lay and pray. I had to think about that for a while. And then I woke up a few hours later, and I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry that I've been casual about your word and your message. Will you please, if there's more, would, would you please forgive me and give me more? So January 24th, <laughs> Lord wakes me up again. This time I wrap a blanket around me. I go into my office because it's cold. You know, it's warm in that bed. It's comfortable. I can hear from the Lord just fine there if I can stay awake. And he reminded me of the word from the day before. Are you prepared for my return? And then he said, I'm returning soon. Mm. And I thought about that word. I thought about how We've seen people with signs, repent, the Lord is coming. But when I look back over these words, the, the word of the Lord has been true. And, and what does soon mean? I don't know. I don't know. But each day, we're, if, if he doesn't return in my lifetime, each day I'm one, close, one day closer to, to being in heaven. And so I said, Lord, what, what do I do with this word? And he said, press into me. Press into me. Be intentional about this relationship and press into me. And I said, well, what should I do to prepare a life fellowship? And he said, tell them. Tell them, share with them this word that I've given to you. And so I didn't give it to you right away. I think it was a couple of weeks. I said, I, I, I need to pray about this. I, I need to, whenever I hear from the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I want to know. I want to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. So when he's given me a word, I'm careful to write down the exact word that he's saying. No, wait, wait, Lord, are you saying this word? Because words matter. And his words are not always the word that I would naturally use. And I want, to, I want us all to be sensitive to the to this Holy Spirit and listening to His voice and accurately understanding and, and recording. When He gives you a word, get a, you know, I've told you guys, get a journal. Write these things down so that you can go back and be reminded if need be. And so the Lord was saying, are you prepared for my return? And then He says, I'm returning soon. So I think this is a word that we need to really take heed. All of these words. You know, a year before he said, prepare, prepare, 
So this word is informational and instructional. Are you prepared for his return? Are you pressing into him? Are you seizing the moment that you have? You know, uh, I remember people telling me that, you know, enjoy the time with your mom while she's here. I'm like, man, we've been caretaking for her, caretakers for her for a long time, and it's hard, it's stressful. But there comes a time when you may not be here. There comes a time when they may not be here. And I don't think we have the opportunity to go back and say, hey, I love your brown eyes. I don't think we'll have the opportunity to go back and say, man, I just want to let you know how much I love you. Because these are relational things that that God has called us to do today to make a difference that can have an eternal impact. Not just to help somebody feel better today or tomorrow or next week, but it could have an eternal impact. 